0: Tonight we're going to finish up with the Tupperware boxes. I know. Some of you are quite sad, some of you thought this was way overdue, um, and that the last line of that song segues us quite nicely into what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, all that we need we will find at his feet, you can keep that in mind if you want, Been um, using these boxes. Um, that, look at that. Got a big crack in it. That's not an object lesson, it just has a crack in it. Uh, Talk about idolatry and why it's useless. Um, This, uh, I've been using these. Um, A guy named Louis Giglio did a sermon using these, kind of taking it, messed with it a little bit. Um, The idea being, um, us exploring what it means, um, what the idea, what it means that Christ is in us. Um, in Colossians it says that Christ in you is the hope of glory, and that that is a mystery that was kept uh, for ages and ages and ages. And here's basically, um, really quickly, what that means. If this um, bowl represents you, um, when you're born, um, you're born with a, with a sin nature, that uh, sin has been passed down from generation to generation, beginning with Adam and Eve and all the way to you and I. We were born um, with uh, what the Bible describes as a a heart of stone, hardened to the things of God, separated from God, because He is holy and perfect, and because of sin we are not. And so, like, literally what you see here on the stage, there's there's a big division that's there. And so we have this sin golf ball that represents that, um, that, you know, when you were born, and then there's this world... uh, that is uh, surrounded, that surrounds us, that is full of the same exact things. And so um, this kind of represents what we've called the, the domain of darkness, is how, as described in the Bible, um, separated from God, unable to change the situation. And so um, for a long, 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 long time, God was saying, look, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to send a, a Savior to change this situation because you can't. But he, he didn't say when, he didn't say how, and so there's this, this great mystery and, um, you know, people thought he would be the, a, a military ruler, or a big government official or something like that. And, and what God did was he basically um, just, will just blow your mind with the way he decided to do this. So he could have sent a big military figure because we respect them or a big political figure because they tend to be real powerful. But instead, he, he sent himself in the form of Christ to come and to live. And um, there was a price that had to be paid in order for us to change, in order for this situation to be changed and for us to be reconciled to God. And so Jesus came, died on the cross, paid that sacrifice. And so what happens when when we place our faith in what Jesus did on the cross, we, we look at our lives and we look at this situation and we're like, okay, I definitely need a Savior. I believe that Jesus is the one who came to do that. Um, we place faith in what he did. We repent of our sins and we say, this is a bad deal and I want to be one with the Lord again. And so Jesus is like, cool, we can do that. And so um, he, it says in Colossians that he rescues us from this situation. Okay, um, And that our, our heart of stone, or golf ball, um, is, has been replaced with a heart of flesh. Instead of sin being in us, the Bible says that is Christ in us. That is the hope of glory and so literally jesus comes to live inside of us and that's the thing that's the the part of it that was the big mystery was how how is god going to do this well nobody probably ever would have thought he's going to do it himself literally by living inside of us and so um so christ dwells in us and and it's says this is the hope of glory because this is why um everything that we want to see change about us is completely possible when you look at your life and you say, can I be free of this addiction, of this thought pattern, of these tendencies, um, can my personality like literally change, you know, can my life become Christ-like, this is um, the reason why the answer to that is yes. So Christ in us, the hope of glory, um, Bible also says that, that not only is Christ in us, but we are in Christ, whoever is in Christ is a new creation, and so we have a, a, a Christ box right here that we put inside there to kind of represent that. And so um, our entire identity is, has been changed because um, whatever God says about us is what determines who we are, and he's put Jesus in us, and so we are, we're good, okay? We are holy. We are blameless. We are above reproach. We are saints. We used to be sinners. Now we are saints. We could say that confidently. Um, everything about us is different. We are adopted into his family. Um, you're, you are not who you used to be. The song we sang a couple of songs ago, We Will Never Be the Same, is, is absolutely true. We will never be back over here where we were, no matter how good or, or bad our lives are. And so the Bible also says that we are hidden with Christ in God. So there's Christ in us, and we're we in Christ, hidden with Christ in God, and that the Spirit of God has put His seal on this, this whole situation. And so um, this has come to represent who we are. And we've spent several weeks unpacking that and looking at what what that means for us, and then how that affects different areas of life. And so tonight, we're going to kind of bring everything together, um, and we're going we're gonna to talk about um, uh, a heart and a lifestyle and a mindset and just an existence that is completely at rest with this right here. Okay. Now, we're going we're gonna to put up uh, some verses on the screen. I'm not going to have you turn to it. Because uh, we'll, I'm just going to read them really quickly. And I want you to listen to, for the, the tone of like finality that we have in all these passages. Some of them we've looked at, some of them we haven't. I want you to look at how like, completely complete this stuff is. All right, let's look at the first one. This is, um, well, let me get my list so I don't, so I don't mess up. We're going to start, this is Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Okay? Completion. Alright, the next one's in First 1 Peter chapter two. It says, But you are, not you will be or not if you're good, you will become this. You are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All right? It's complete. It's done. Look at the next one. This is uh, Second Corinthians. No, this is Colossians two. Um, says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and, your, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. Alright, it's done. It's complete. Uh, the next one is in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, Behold, the new has come. There's nothing in the in the future about that. This is this it, it's it's done. This is uh, in John chapter 10. This is what Jesus had to say about it. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, "How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly." Jesus answered them, "I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe me. We do not believe because you are not part of my flock." Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Okay? So, I think you see the tone that's there. The fact that that this... This is, is done, okay? Not that God is done working on us, okay? See, he agreed. Um, I have this old iPhone, and it does that, so I'm going to go ahead and put it on airplane mode. If anybody else has an old iPhone? You should put yours on airplane mode before you come preach. All right. Um, so, what was I saying? Okay, this is done, all right. Not that God is done working on us, okay. But there is, there's, it says in Romans eight. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's nothing left to do as far as our identity changing. All the rest of the change comes from that identity transforming the way that we think and transforming the way it shows on the outside. But but it is done. We are complete. And so that's why we can sing, um, I know all I need, I will find at your feet. We can sing songs that say, um, I've found all that I want and all that I long for in you. We can sing those songs, we can really mean them, because, because there is this completion that's there for us. Jesus died on the cross, and he said, it is finished. It wasn't just like, okay, I'm about to die. Everybody watch. He wasn't saying the end of his life is done. He's saying, look, the atonement is, is complete. Everything's it's paid for. All the wrath is gone. Everything is done. So how does that show up in, in our lives, the fact that this is complete? And, and what does it look like when we are completely at rest? You, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 23. We're going to use this as a framework tonight and i hope that I hope that you are both encouraged and and challenged by what we're about to talk about there are um There are six verses here. If you're a note taker, I have five words that you can write down as bullet points. All right? And don't get all spoiled because it's like three weeks in a row I've had points. So Let's read through the 23rd Psalm, start to finish, and then we'll kind of walk through it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such a I mean, talk about peace when you just when you read that psalm. There's something, something just resonates, you know, and you're like, you just maybe maybe you hear that and, and you long to really be in that place. It's just so just completely chilled, you know, and and whatever. And and I believe that that is what um, a, a a secure identity in Christ um, forms in us, and so let's just kind of walk through it at first. Through so the verse one, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." My my whole life up until a couple years ago, I thought that that David was like kind of talking himself out of wanting. You know, like, the "Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Don't want, David. Don't want. Stop wanting." He's a shepherd. He's gonna take care of it. Stop wanting. But that's that's not that's not really what's going on. This is a, this is a verse of incredible confidence. He's saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I'm not gonna want. I will not have a need to want, because of who my shepherd is. I mean, have you seen him? He's awesome. If you think from the perspective of, of a sheep, I mean. He's, you're, you're resting in complete confidence and assurance in the character of the shepherd. And so I would say, if you note-takers, the, this, the word for this verse would be security. Completely secure in, in who you are, not because of yourself, but because of him. And so, in this verse, first of all, God is the starting point, which I really like. Because of who he is, we're not going to get into a situation where, where we're in trouble over our heads and we've been abandoned. I like to think of, like, if you think literal sheep or whatever, like, like if there's, like, you know, like a fence and there's, like, sheep on each side, you know, and, like, there's, like, Jesus' sheep and then, like, somebody else's sheep. And the ones on Jesus' side are like, have you seen who my shepherd is? You just you know why I'm not worried. You know why I sleep well at night. You know why I'm not all anxious. And you know why my hair's not falling out like yours. And you know why you're, not, like you're all stressed out and we have all green grass over here. Because my shepherd, because he's awesome. And not even in like a cocky way. In this just completely secure way. If you, I mean, think about what that, what that implies for us. That, that our security comes from our identity as being His and not from other things. That if I can live my life completely secure because I'm His, then everything, whatever else goes on in life can just happen. And I'm affected by what goes on in the world around me, but not not deeply, you know. It doesn't rattle me. Because He's the rock. He never changes. And so if... If that's where my security is found, then, I, then I'm good. Then I, I'm done. I don't ever have to walk through life, get pushed around, because my security is found in he who never changes. Now, think about this. Think about how much heartache in life can be avoided by being secure for the, in the right things, and the right reasons. Think about your, like your past and the things that have completely rocked your world Because you're finding security in them, and you shouldn't have been. You know, if we're, you take someone who's a student, and they're like straight A student, whatever. And they fail a test, or they have something to make a B, you know, or whatever. Um, And and things just academically, it just completely throws them for a loop, and they have no idea what to do, you know. And they have this like, uh, just like a Jesse Spano freak out moment, you know. (laughs) You know, when, like, sorry, when uh, she's, like, she's so excited, but <laughs> she's really, really, she's so scared. Some of y'all have no clue what I'm talking about, and that makes me laugh. Um, go home and YouTube it, say by the bell, I'm so excited, it'll, it'll probably pop up. But you know, and it's it's because like because security was totally found in being being the academic type or whatever, you know. Or you have people who um, are in a relationship, and like many relationships, um, it comes to an end. And what happens? They completely fall apart. And and it's one thing to be you know like hurt and you're heartbroken, whatever. It's another thing. To have your entire, like, world turned upside down, you have no idea how you're going to function or whatever. I mean, that's no good. You think about even just the, the, the social things that, that go on um, where uh, it's, you know, the, the haves and the have-nots, you know, or the um, people who, um, who have a lot of money, a lot of stuff, and people who don't or, or whatever. Um, and, and there's just all these, like, subdivisions. But you, you think you watch people who really, like, if their best friend gets a new vehicle... I mean, it, it completely throws them off. You know, and they're like, oh, i got to get a new vehicle now, I mean, I guess, because, I mean, whatever. And, and, and it's all like this, this, like, trying to keep up with other people all the time, and it's all about what you have and, 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 or what you don't have and what you're wearing or what you're not wearing and, and who has what, and there's all this social, all these div- things divided up. I mean, imagine, imagine living a life where um, you could fail a test and you could like be like frustrated about it but i mean you're not like about to quit school and you know go travel europe for a year or whatever you know like it, it doesn't completely throw you off and you're not like i i'm the the worst person ever and i'm the worst student ever and i'm never going to make it and i'm never going to have a job i'm never going to do this stuff what what if what if you could really just like do bad do bad on a test and and it kind of ends there and you're kind of frustrated by it, but it kind of motivates you next time around. What if, what if you found your identity in Jesus and Jesus alone and not in that stuff? What if you could, you could have someone break up with you and you could be sad about it and you could hate that person if you want to and you can quickly change your Facebook status, you know, or whatever? What if you could, what if you could do that and still, like, get up the next morning and go to work? Or go to class, and like, like not like, not like walk the walk through the, your life like in complete mourning, and people, everybody ask you what's wrong because you look so terrible. Whatever. Like, what if that just didn't have that impact on you? What if, um, what if you didn't um, get your entire self worth based on whether or not you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Or, if you're dating someone, what if it wasn't about if you're engaged or not engaged? Or, if you um, are married, what if it's not all about the fact that you're married? You know? Like, what if, what, if your, what if your security did not come from those things? I mean, like, it's an issue that a lot of us really struggle with. There are people who walk through life just completely thinking that they're second-class citizens because they're not married or because they're not dating somebody. Or people who think they're the absolutely most amazing, like, like, like right next to Jesus on the, on the row of thrones or whatever, if there is one, in heaven, because they're married. You know, It's like the biggest deal ever. I mean, what if, what if those things were able to, really, to play the role they're supposed to play in life but not be one that that changes your identity. I I, I know of a, of a wife who um her her whole deal is she's like you know what he's he's not my husband, he's he's the Lord's. We get to be married and this is a, a part of God's plan for our lives, but um, he's not mine. He is his. See that's that's when you're when when we're secure, whether it's a marriage or a dating relationship or if you're single or whatever. When you look at that and that that part about your life does not determine who you are. And what if what if the people around us, what if they get new houses or new cars or new whatever and we're like it has no impact on us and we're just simply happy for them. Like, wow that's that's great. That's awesome. What if other people can could succeed in anything in life and it does not have this Deal where we have all of a sudden just put up this mirror and say, "What does this say about me?" We know what's what's awesome is, that, is. Some of those examples may be a little bit extreme. You might be like, "Oh, you know, you know, whatever." Security is something that we we have got to um, we have to keep our finger on the pulse of of where we're finding our security because that's one of those more more stealth like attacks that that whether it's the devil or whether it's just our world or whatever, that's one of the more subtle ways that, um, that Christ stops being the centerpiece of our lives. We find our security in money and stuff and relationships and our profession and whatever. And there was this, this, um, this sermon series that uh, this church did in, in Oklahoma, and it was like this big nationwide thing, and it was called it was called One Prayer. And so um, they, uh, the question was, they asked all these, all these pastors all over the place, if you had one prayer for uh, the church right now, what would it be? And you had, to, you had to, to fill in a blank. And it was, Lord, make us blank. And you would fill in the blank. And so um, all these pastors, w- they, would, they would pick their one thing that they would ask the Lord to do, and um, they would preach this, their sermon, and they would videotape it, and everybody would send all their videotapes into this deal. And then what, like, so w- this is what would happen here If we were, if we would have done it, um, I would have preached mine and then for like the next two or three weeks, we'd have shown videos from other pastors or or whatever. And, uh, so I heard about it and I was kind of like, well, I I can't really think of anything that, um, fundamentally I would be able to say, because I think if I were to say, Lord, make us whatever, then the Lord would say back, I've already made you that. So that would probably have been my sermon. Um, just leave it blank because it's already done, um. It would be more like, well, Lord, help us to start living. You know, whatever. Anyway, won't get into all that. Um, but but I was thinking about it, and one of the things that I really, really, really pray for um, for our church, yes, but especially for our young people. So all you youth and all you kids, you listen to me, all right? Parents, you listen to. So everybody, just listen. Um, <laughs> um, I I pray with all my heart, that we grow up and be secure. Because insecurity has led to more heartache than almost anything that I've seen um, being, being involved in churches and being involved in, in other people's lives and looking at my own life. Insecurity leads us to make bad decisions at bad times, to handle things incredibly poorly, to compromise, um, you, you name it. And so, if if we can all all of us grown ups, if we can get to the point where um, we find our security in Him, and Him alone, and not in all those things that I talked about a minute ago, and if if we can raise young people, beginning with parents and all of us coming alongside them to raise them to get them get to the point where if they fail a test, they're like, I failed a test. If they get dumped, they're like, I got dumped. And those things have the proper ending point. They don't send them spiraling into these things where they're thinking all these things about them or they're contemplating all this stuff they shouldn't contemplate or they're compromising or whatever and they're dating people they shouldn't date and doing all this kind of stuff. If they can grow up in an environment that says, these things don't determine who you are, this determines who you are and we can back it up and back it up and back it up. Imagine how much heartache these guys will be able to avoid. It was a good friend of mine I meet with once a week, and so much of our conversation comes back to that, that as much, as, as much fruit as we see with our church and in our adults, I really think that the true litmus test for how we're doing as a church is going to be how our young ones grow up. That as we learn how to handle conflict biblically, if they can grow up watching that, they're going to handle it. It's going to just become the way that it is. And if we can grow up uh, and, and we can really just, just pray, pray, pray that our security is found in the right place, and they're going to grow up, and that's just the way it is for them. And they won't have to unpack all this baggage and, and, and repack it. They won't have to heal from all this stupid stuff and whatever that we're having to do. The Lord is my shepherd, and because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's an incredible amount of security that's found in us because of who he is. All right, let's go to the next one. They won't all be that long, by the way. a few, few rabbits I saw that needed to chase. I got him. So, um, look <laughs> at the, the next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For 2 and 3, I would say that the word is contentment. Um, this might not be the, the best um, Picking a part of these verses, but just kind of stick with me. If um, you look at two and three as kind of four different ideas, um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Um, sheep are uh, pretty stupid, and one thing about them is they're real temperamental and whatever. And you have to uh, like they're not going to lie down um, unless like they're comfortable with what's going on. And so, if they have like bugs and ticks and stuff on them, like they're agitated and they're like whatever. Um, if if they're spooked, you know, like if there's like predators and they hear things or whatever, they, they're real jittery. They won't they won't lie down. Um, there are certain things that, that have to be done in order for the sheep, as dumb as they are, to calm down and to actually lie down. A lot of times we focus on the green pastures part, but I think the 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 lying down part is is we we see the, the we see. And I know that they're sheep, but their emotional needs are taken care of. You know, it's like there are no there are no ticks biting you. There's no they're in the wolf in the in the bushes making noise, or whatever, and all this kind of stuff. You just calm down, settle down, and they eventually will lie down. I see that as as emotional care from God. Um, he leaves me beside still waters. All right, let's take that as as physical stuff. Sheep need water. All right, they are in green pastures, so there's food for them and still water. Um, He leads them there. There's physical stuff. Um, He restores my soul. All right, there's spiritual needs being met. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Um, Think about that as guidance Um, for His namesake. Okay, and to me, that's kind of kind of the key. We are content if we recognize the fact that our emotional, our physical. Our spiritual and our um, directional in life needs are all being met. And and here's the thing: um, all of those things are done for His namesake. He loves to show off by meeting your physical needs. Sometimes, like we said last week, sometimes it's through a job. Sometimes it's through the generosity of other people. Sometimes it's you find you know a twenty dollar bill on the street. And you're like, hey, I can eat today. Uh, whatever it is, um, God takes care of those physical needs, and He likes to show off by doing that. He likes to show off by having your emotional like stress level and all that kind of stuff by giving you every reason to just calm down. He likes to show off when you're when you spiritually like you're just there's something in your relationship with God or you need peace or you need. Joy, or you need something, he loves to meet those needs. When you're like, I don't know what to do with my life, I have to make these decisions. These decisions, he likes to lead, lead us in paths, and all those paths are of righteousness for his namesake. He likes doing that. So one, we're secure, um, but two, we're we're com- we're content to be able to look at your life and to say, you know what, I don't I don't really want for for much. The needs that I have, like, they're being met. He's put his spirit inside of us. Every, all about this is completely secure. And so the decisions we have to make and all that kind of stuff is being met. And then he's put us together and assembled us together as a church. And so um, a lot of times when you, you have needs that aren't being met, it's because you aren't expressing those needs, and so when you express them to somebody, there's a church there supposed to be there to respond, to meet them, and we're working on that. We're trying to get better at that. When someone voices a need in a community group, that everybody, like, you're, you kind of ears perk up, and you're like, hey, we need to take care of this, you know? We're not great at it, maybe, but we're better. And so there's contentment, because all, of, all the things that we need, he's taken care of. All I need, I will find at your feet. He's the source of all those things. All right, look at, the, look at the next verse. Look at verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I would say the, the word here is sufficiency. That just his, his presence is enough. I mean, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. All right. Uh, the language there is pretty much about the darkest thing you can imagine for them in, in this culture, and he's saying, "Like, look, I can be. It can be as bad as it possibly gets, and I will not fear any kind of evil. Why? Because He's with me. Like His His presence alone is enough for us. Just Just Him. There's this song, and uh, I forget who wrote it. It's just." Lady, she has a really raspy voice. It's really awesome. And uh, this song is great. I mean, it's powerful, and it build, builds up whatever. And the chorus says, um, it's all about, um, like, you know, just going through life, and life is hard, whatever, and it gets to the chorus, and it's, uh, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. And, uh, yeah, Rita Springer, that's her. And um, I remember I was at this conference, I was like, this song is great. This song is great. What? Oh, man. Because it's like, we're, you're, you're, we're proclaiming to God. It's going to be worth it when we get to heaven. But right now, no, not so much. Like, that's backwards. And so I made it a, 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 this resolve in my mind. It's like, if we ever do that song, we're changing the chorus. Which we do sometimes. We just don't tell y'all. Because he's worth it now. That's the, that's the, the whole point. Every single day of our lives, his presence is with us, and, and that has got to be enough for you and I. We have all these things that, that we, we think we need, and, and God's like, no, you don't need that because you have me, and you, I'm all that you need. In Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is like, he's begging God to take away something. We don't know what it is. He called it his, his thorn in his flesh, and he's like, three times I asked God, you know, whatever, and you might think three. I mean, try 300, you know. Um, But, you know, don't don't get focused on the number. Um, He's like, I've asked God to take this away. And God says, no. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. God says, I'm going to leave this in your life on purpose because I want you to know that that you want that removed, but you don't need that removed because what you need, you already have. I want to be enough for you. We've probably all been in those situations where we're like, man, I wish God would change this, I wish God would change this. You're begging Him to change it. And there are times, not all the time, but there are times when God says, I'm not going to change this because I'm trying to teach you something, that you don't need that to change. You need me, and you've got me. You're done. And Paul's response to that is, so now I thank God for those things. I thank God for the things that make me weak. Because those are the times when I realize how incredibly strong I am. David says, I will not fear evil even in the most darkest times simply because you are with me. Sufficiency. Look at the next one. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. These are all things that describe a meal, um, traditional um, things, just what a good hospitable host would do. Prepare a table. They um, there's custom, I won't get into it with with oil and all that kind of stuff or whatever, and they would, you know, they would wash feet and they would do all that kind of stuff. And and what's being described here is here in the presence of my enemies, you are you are providing for me and you are taking care of me. I think the word here would would, would be grounded. Um This is this is this is what I'm what I was thinking that the presence of your enemies, circumstances are pretty much like not going to be good, right? When circumstances are bad, he still sees God taking care of him. And that might be the simple man's way of viewing that, but that's, that's how I see it. And so grounded because you're like, you know what? My enemies are not going to determine my reality. You're going to determine my reality. Circumstances are not going to determine reality for me and, and who you are and who I am because of that. And it kind of goes back to security, but it's kind of it's different because I think, and I've talked about this many times, that we're, we're so pushed around by emotions and, and feelings, but also by circumstances, you know, and, and, you know, we bounce a check and we think that, you know, you're like, when did I tithe? Did I tithe? I didn't tithe. That's why I bounce a check. And it's like, no, you know, you overspent. We get a flat tire and we think, oh, man, didn't have a quiet time. This month, <laughs> and you think that that's why? And guys, like, no, there's a nail on the ground. I mean, that's that's what happened. Flat tires happen. Bad days happen. Relationships don't work out. I mean, these things happen. And so, um, this is very closely connected to security. But it, it's it's I think the kind of thing where, like, you know what? Even in the presence of my enemies, God's taking care of me. Even in on the the worst of days, um, this does not change. And so, let my boss yell at me. Let me get stabbed in the back, you know? Let somebody hit my car in the parking lot and drive off. You know, it it doesn't tell me anything about God. If if anything, it just highlights His grace and His compassion and the fact that it's awesome that one day we get to leave this stupid place and be in a much better place. Completely grounded, not getting pushed around. Last verse. Two words in this verse. Hope that I messed up your list. Um... Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. For that one, I would just say that that's just confidence. To confidently walk through life and know that at no moment are you out of his sight, or is he not providing for you and caring for you and aware of what's going on and completely near and completely involved. We spent a couple weeks a while back going through Psalm 139 in our community groups, just about God is everywhere. He knows absolutely everything. He knows everything you think, everywhere you go, every action, every intention, every everything. And still, He cares for you and loves you and protects you and uh, whatever, in spite of all that stuff. it it, It does not change. There's a confidence there. Last verse. That's part of verse 6. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That I just put down as assurance. Like I said, you know that one day we're going to get to leave here. You know that, that this is your identity and that in, in the times in life where you're just, you are just rebellious and you're just messing up, you're making bad decisions, and you're like, you look at your life and you're like, I don't even know who I am. It's like i just become a different person sometimes. That no matter what goes on, you have that assurance of knowing that that this is not going to change. And one day you're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done, he's going to bring you into his um, dwelling place and we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And so no matter how bad the economy gets or if World War III breaks out tomorrow, um, we have this assurance. And so a heart that is at rest There's security, there's contentment, there's sufficiency, there's groundedness, there's confidence, there's assurance. It's a a great, great benefit. God could have, He could have just stopped at mercy. You know, He could have just um, like made things square again, forgiven our sin and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But He just showers and showers and showers blessing on us. And so I don't know why we freak out. I don't know why we worry. I don't know why we find security in the wrong places. I don't know why we always want more than we have. I don't, I don't know why that is. But I know that those are all things He wants to change in me. And He wants to change in us. As those are the things that He is refining, the ways that He takes His image that has been messed up and He is, is scraping those things away in us and smoothing out those round edges. I want to be be in a place where I can look at Psalm 23 and just all those things. Absolutely, I know exactly how that feels. I know there are areas in my life where I'm there and areas in life where I'm not there. And so that's why I say I hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by this. I believe God wants us to rest in Him, rest in who He is and what He's done. And so I'm, I'm going to pray, and the band's going to come. We're going to do like, like two more songs, I think, and just kind of respond to this, and um, then we're going to go. All right? Let's pray together. Father, um, God, I'm, I'm grateful that that psalm is not just for funerals. And that it says so much that I know that I need to hear, and that it is both encouraging and challenging. Father, I don't know um, I don't know the needs that are, exist in this room or the parts of what we're talking about that need to be refined and worked on, but, but you do. So God, whether we're battling with insecurities and stuff like that or contentment or being satisfied with you alone or whatever, whatever it is, whichever of these things, God, that kind of just left out tonight, I pray that each one of us will be faithful with the things that you pointed out and we won't resist the ways that you refine us and God, that we'll welcome correction, we'll welcome those things. God, that you will lead us in the way everlasting. So, God, as we, we sing these songs and as we see these words that are up there, help us just to respond as sincerely as we can, whether it's through singing or through praying or maybe just reading the words that are there. We just want to respond to you and your goodness. We love you, Father, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, let's stand together and um like I said, just we'll just respond as God leads us, but I just kinda want us all to just to stand to kinda get in a, a neutral position a little bit and let's just sing these songs together.